Well, good morning, church. First century Christians were so impacted by the resurrection of Jesus Christ that instead of just saying, how you doing, or whatever they would say in their first century vernacular, they started saying, Christ is risen, and the reply would be, he is risen indeed. So let's try that. Christ is risen. He is risen my name is Mark Atherton, and it's been my pleasure now for 13 Easter Sundays to uh, be able to speak to you. I welcome you to our service today. Welcome those that are joining us online. If you are a visitor today, we have a gift. I've written a yearly devotional that is uh, back at this desk on this side uh, by these doors. It's red and covered called Life Words. Uh, that's yours if you're a visitor today. Um, love to, for you to be able to uh, take that. Oh, it's inarguably, in my opinion, that what we remember today is um, the greatest day in the history of the world. And I'm not even talking about that from a Christian sense. I think an atheist, if he would be honest, would say that, um, at least in his mind, he would say what was purported to have happened on this day has changed the world in more than any other day that has. Because, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, this world, especially the Western world, but even the whole world has been changed dramatically because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's, it's fascinating that of all the world's religion, our Christianity is based in a historical event. None of the others are based in historical events. They're based on the teachings of Muhammad or they're based on the teachings of Buddha or Confucius or whoever it may be. But Christianity is based in historical event. Christianity is not based in the teachings of Jesus because if Jesus hadn't risen from the dead, you would have never heard a word that he said. Not a word. Christianity is not, listen to me, Christianity is not based on the cross. Because he has not risen from the dead, he would have just been a Christian martyr. How many Christian martyrs have there been in the last 50 years? You know what? There have been hundreds and hundreds. Can you name me one? If we can't name one in the last 50 years, last 10 years, how can we name one that happened 2,000 years ago? Only because of the resurrection from the dead do we even sing songs about the cross. The cross would have no meaning whatsoever if Jesus hadn't been raised from the dead. I was going through, I was going through some quotes as I was researching this message, some quotes from some people that I read after and, and that I respect. One of them is Tim Keller. And Tim Keller says, if Jesus rose from the dead, then you have to accept all that he said. Now th think about that. If Jesus actually did what he predicted he was going to do, if Jesus rose from the dead, you have, you have to accept everything that he said because his resurrection was God's stamp and approval on everything that Jesus said. This is my son in whom I am real pleased. If he rose from the dead, you have to be able to consider everything that he said. If he didn't rise from the dead, then why worry about any that he said? He was a fraud if he didn't rise from the dead. He, maybe he was a lunatic. He could have been out of his mind. Because somebody's got to be out of their mind to say, uh, before Abraham was, I am. Somebody's got to be out, out of his mind to say, if, if you kill this body, I'm going to raise it again in three days. They're, 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 as C.S. Lewis said, he's either a, a, a lunatic, a liar, or you have to fall at his feet and call him Lord. 
He did not leave you any choice in between. The issue on which everything hangs is not whether or not you like his teaching, but whether or not he rose from the dead. I don't give a rip if you like his teaching or not. If this man rose from the dead, you have to consider everything he said, or you're not intellectually uh, honest. You're not intellectually honest. If he really rose from the dead, all of Christianity hinges. If if you're an opponent of Christianity, you've got to aim right at the resurrection. Because that's where it stands, or that's where it falls. Lee Strobel wrote a lot of books. He was a former atheist. Wrote Case for Christ and a lot of other books. He says, I went to a psychologist friend of mine and told him that some say the disciples were hallucinating. That's one of the theories. Well, the disciples didn't really seem. They were such in such grief that they hallucinated. And the psychologist responded to, to Strobel. He said, because the Bible says 500 people saw him. It says if 500 people had the same hallucination, then that's a bigger miracle than the resurrection of Christ. <laughs> because hallucination is an individual event. What's the next one we have up here, please? Josh McDowell, some of you have, have um, read some of his stuff. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is one of the most wicked, vicious, heartless hoaxes ever foisted upon the minds of men or it is most a fantastic fact of history. You can't have it either way. Well, he was just a good moral teacher. Hogwash. Good moral teachers don't say the things he said. They would be immoral if he wasn't who he actually said he was, and he proved that by rising from the dead. Dr. Michael Green is an apologist and an, and an author. Christianity does not hold the resurrection to be one among many tenets of beliefs. Without faith in the resurrection, there would be no Christianity at all. The Christian church would have never begun. The Jesus movement would have fizzled out like a damp squib. What's a damp squib? I had to look that up. Anybody know? It's a, it's a fizzled out firework. I didn't know that. Now, squid, I wouldn't know what a squid is. It's a fizzled out firework. So he said the Jesus movement would have fizzled out like a damp squib with his execution. Christianity stands or falls with the truth of the resurrection. Once disprove it, you have disposed of Christianity. John MacArthur is still pastoring and written a lot of books. He says, without the resurrection, Jesus' death becomes the heroic death of a noble martyr, maybe. The pathetic death of a madman, maybe, or the execution of a fraud without the resurrection. I don't, know, I don't know really what other alternatives there are there. And you have to make your choice on who you believe Jesus did. And if he did raise from the dead, you're not intellectually honest if you don't consider him. We have something called Manly Monday once a month, and first Monday of the month we meet up in the children's auditorium and we have a meal and we, uh, I show usually a 10-minute video on some aspect of the Christian life and then we go home. And so the video I showed this week was a testimony of an atheist who turned Christian and he said, this guy was saying during his atheism, a Christian kind of witnessed to him and, and the guy says, oh, I don't believe any of that stuff. And so the guy that was witness to him said, um, well, what part of the Bible don't you believe? 
And the guy says, well, I've never read the Bible. He goes, you're not an atheist, you're a moron. <laughs> I mean, how can you claim that you don't believe anything that you've never even investigated what it says? He says, you're not an atheist, you're a moron. If, if, if the impact that Jesus has had on this world is such a great, is so heavy and so throughout the world that this guy said, you're, you're moronic if you don't at least investigate. And if you investigate it and don't think it's right, then, then at least you're intellectually honest on that. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Some of you remember uh, J. Vernon McGee. Uh, Harold remembered J. Vernon McGee had a radio program, and uh, he was a pastor out in L.A., and, and uh, he, was, he was an interesting character. But through the 70s, 80s, and early 90s, he probably died in the mid-90s, he had a, radio, a nationwide radio program. And he said, Vernon McGee received a letter from a lady who listened to his radio program. She wrote, our preacher said that on Easter, Jesus just swooned on the cross, and the s- disciples brought him back to life. That's one of the theories, that he's that he swooned, and the disciples nursed him back to, to, to life. Now, in, in, in Dr. McGee's very peculiar way, he responded. He, he says, dear sister, beat your preacher with a leather whip. <laughs> Nail him to a cross. Hang him in the sun for six hours. Run a spear through his heart. Embalm him. Put him in an airless tomb for three days, and then see what happens. People just said he swooned. It's, it's, you can read books about it. It's the swoon theory. If you don't like any of those quotes, how about the Bible? And I'll quote the Bible and the importance of the resurrection. Paul wrote, if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. That's, that's what the Apostle Paul says. If Christ has not been raised... What I preach today is useless, futile, vain, whatever translation you want to choose there. I have nothing to say. Well, couldn't you just talk about all the good things he said? Well, he had to be a lunatic or a nut because he said he was going to rise from the dead. So why would we say blessed is the meek is any good thing if a lunatic or a nut or a fraud said it? Why would you take anything? If you don't take the resurrection, if you don't believe he raised from the dead, why would you take anything serious that Jesus said he was a lunatic, a fraud, maybe a martyr. Verse 15 says, more than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. Happy Easter. Your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. <laughs> and in a world without a world without Easter would be just a, a, a completely different place. We could not even imagine a world without Easter, because so much of what we do in the Western world and even so many around the world is based on Jesus' teaching and is based in Christianity. In a world without Easter, um, 
a feeding trough, maybe a cattle shed, would have never turned into a manger in a world without Easter. You would have never heard of some little feeding trough, cattle shed, dirty, smelly, cow poop everywhere. I mean, it's what it was. But the resurrection of Jesus Christ has made that a manger that we sing about and write poems about. You would never, never have heard the birth of a, a little Jewish boy in the first century. You, you'd have never heard about that. I mean, I don't know how many other babies were possibly born that day. I'm sure there were in, 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 in first century Bethlehem and the, in the surrounding area. Only because of the resurrection from the dead is that birth of that little baby a worldwide holiday. If he had been risen from the dead, you would have never ever remembered. No one would ever say anything about it. No one ever wrote Christmas carols about that. It would just been disposed of if you never rose from the dead. But that little insignificant birth is now a worldwide holiday. I guess the biggest. I mean, I don't, I don't never studied that, but I guess the biggest worldwide holiday. In a world without Easter, I'd assume we'd have found some other ways to mark our calendar. I guess. But every time you write a check and write 2023, what you are saying when you write that is that is 2023 years since the birth of Christ. Now, I guess in a world without Easter, we would have, this, this would have been some other year. I don't know. Every time a hardened atheist writes a check, he's testifying to the birth of Jesus Christ. B.C., before Christ, A.D., year of Now they've changed all that because they don't want to say that anymore, so they say before common era and the common era. They, they, they won't say B.C., before Christ, A.D., Latin for in the year of our Lord. In a world about, without Easter, I guess... This would be some year, but I don't know what year it would be. In a world without Easter, the, the words of a first century Jewish carpenter slash rabbi who walked around for three years and taught some things, those words would never have become the Gospels. How many rabbis were walking around in first century um, the first century wor world there in Israel. How many were walking around teaching a lot of things? We don't remember anything from them. Or maybe in some hi history book, there may just be a footnote about that. But we would never have anything like the Gospels. We would never, ever have remembered his words at all. In, in a world without Easter, the, 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 cross, the cross, which was a symbol of death, would not be a symbol of hope. The, the cross was a symbol of, it was a method of execution. That's all it was. The cross was a method of execution in first century. And a method of execution, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, a method of execution is a worldwide symbol of hope. 
Now, what had to happen for you to change things? We, we sing songs about a method of execution. We don't sing songs like, Oh, electric chair, electric chair. Oh, lethal injection, lethal injection. In a world without, in a world without Easter, the torture of a man on a cross on Friday would never be called Good Friday. I, I could sit and gross you out about what really happened during a crucifixion. It was torture. And the torture of that man is remembered as a good day. Only because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If he had raised from the dead, then we wouldn't even remember that he died. He was just a martyr, a lunatic, a madman, just a crazy guy saying a bunch of weird stuff. But, but God put his stamp of approval on him. And that day is called good. And when Tiffany prays about it, she cries about how good it was. Now, what had to happen to make... See, I, I, want, to, I want to tell you this morning, if, if you don't... If you believe somehow in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but it doesn't affect your life in any way, it doesn't make a difference in your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday type of living... I don't think you're intellectually honest. Because it's the greatest event in the history of the world. And it deserves your consideration. It deserves your seriousness. You can't just be like the atheist was. Well, I've never read the Bible, but I don't believe it. That's not intellectually honest. P Peter, in a world without Easter, Peter, who denied Jesus in front of a little middle school girl because he was scared of her, right? You remember the story? He denied Jesus, that he even knew Jesus. In front of a little middle school girl, after Jesus rose from the dead, he stood and preached the message of Pentecost that launched the church of Jesus Christ. And basically the message was, God sent him, you killed him, now repent. And, and, and a, a few days before, he even denied him to a little middle school girl. In a world without Easter, Thomas, who, who was doubting Thomas, who, who, who said, I won't believe unless I see the nails and scars in his hands and, the sl and his slit in his side and all that, Peter would have never fallen at Jesus' feet and said, my Lord and my God, when he saw that. In a world without Easter... <laughs> 11 disciples would have never ever gone out and preached the message that has literally changed the world and all but one preached it to their death uh, they were executed and killed for it now if you knew it was a lie why would you allow anybody to kill you for it maybe I guess maybe they, they, they could have been mistaken and believed with all their hearts but every one of them except John died a martyr's death. Chuck Colson, who was in Nixon's cabinet and was deeply involved with Watergate, he says, you know what helped me believe about the resurrection? He says, us, us guys that were involved in Watergate, Watergate couldn't keep the secret for two weeks. 
When the, when the pressure got to us, we couldn't keep it the secret for two weeks. In a world without Easter, why would pious first century Jews change their day of worship from the Sabbath, Friday at 6 to Saturday at 6, to the Lord's Day? Religious, religious rites, religious observances are some of the ones we hold most dear and don't want to let go of. People, people want to hear songs that they heard when they were young because they don't want to let go of them. What, what, what made them do away with the fourth commandment in first century believing Jews worshipped on Sunday morning because that was the day that he rose from the dead. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm here to tell you this morning, for those of you who you, you know, you may, yeah, Jesus rose. I mean, I, I don't know what percentage of people in the world would say Jesus rose from the dead, but do they live like it? Does it make any difference in their lives? I'm here to challenge you today that you're not intellectually honest. If this event really happened and you just show up at Christmas and Easter, if, if you just give a polite nod to Jesus, if 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 this event really happened, what else is more important than that in my life? In world without Easter, death would have not lost its sting. In a world without Easter, death would have not lost its sting. That's what the Apostle Paul writes, 1 Corinthians 15, 55. The Apostle Paul writes, where, O death, is your victory and where, O death, is your sting? In, in a world without Easter, death would have not lost its sting. 1 Corinthians 15, 19, Paul says, says in the same exact chapter, he's, I, every time I go to visitation, I, you know, and you sign the guest book out there, I sign Mark Atherton, then I put 1 Corinthians 15, 19. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. You know what Paul says later on in that chapter? If Christ not be raised from the dead... Eat, drink, and be merry. Pop the bottle of Jack Daniels and have a great time. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. That's what Apostle Paul says. Why do you care about living the Christian life if Christ not be raised from the dead? What reward is there going to be for you in that? Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. In a world without Easter, in a world without Easter, death would have not lost its sting. You've been to Christian funerals, and you've been to funerals of people that weren't Christian. You can taste the difference. You can taste the difference. And how many of us preachers have stood about a an unbeliever and lost our dignity and our respect because somehow we preached him into heaven because that made everybody feel better you can taste the difference my dad 
two months before he died, we sat in his home and he said, it's time, time for you to write out my funeral, Mark. And we, I, I, just, I just took notes. Dad was a pastor and he's a rather control freak. He even wrote, wrote the three points of the message that he wanted preached at his funeral. <laughs> I, I promise you he did. And we can just, we, we could do that. We could just talk about that. I mean, how, how, how could I? He was in a hospice room at the hospital the night before they were moving him to a hospice facility. He was going to die two weeks later. And I spent the night with him that night, and he was sleeping. And I said, Lord, I don't want to take him to a nursing home. I just don't. Lord, take him right now. Because of the resurrection of the dead, I can just say that and not feel bad about it. Can I tell you, can I be honest with you? I mean, and if you, some of you may think this is awful. My mom's 92. She's got dementia out to Shawnee Estates. Her life is a 14 by 14 room. She, she, I, don't, I, I cannot see how a broken hip is not in her future because she's just fragile when she walks around. And we were visiting her the other day, and she was talking in her dementia way, and she was nice and all that, but she was just talking out of her mind, and she was sitting there talking to me. And I said, Lord, take her tonight. There's nothing here for her. I can only say that because of the resurrection of the dead. When my, when my dad died, my, my, my mom was on one side of the bed, I was on the other side of the bed, and my brother was standing right here, and he was breathing his last. And if you've ever been around a deathbed, you know the breathing gets slower and slower and longer and longer between breaths. And there had been about 30 seconds between a breath and I looked up at mom and I said mom I think he's gone and she looked at me and she goes I do too we joined hands we said praise God from whom all blessings flow because of the resurrection of the dead I got got on the phone called Ed Pollock my dad's best friend in all the world it had a lot to do with dad coming to Christ and discipling dad and I called Ed, Ed was in his 80s and I said Ed I just want you to know dad died and Ed on the other end goes hallelujah to the lamb now are we just nuts or what (laughs) or do we believe in the resurrection from the dead you heard the story about a lady that she left her, her final wishes. You know, when you have a funeral here, you have a, you have a casket right here, and the head of the casket is right here, and the people are laid out right here if, if it's an open casket. And this, this lady left instructions that, that in her hand she wanted a fork. Because, and, 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 and she said, the reason I wanted the fork is because all my life when I've had a meal and somebody says, keep the fork, I knew something really good was coming Are you with me? Keep the fork, Harold. I'm telling you, in a world without Easter, death would not have lost its sting, and we couldn't laugh about it. Winston Churchill's prime minister of England at whatever time, World War I or II, whatever, I don't remember, but 
He, at, his, at, his, at his funeral, the funeral was over and he had six armed military folks come and prepare the coffin. And as they were preparing the coffin, he ordered that this sound be heard. doesn't surprise anybody at a military funeral. I've officiated military funerals, and we've heard taps being played. So as the, as the, as the coffin was being prepared and those six guys were getting ready f- to take it out, they, they turned, and they each got on the side, and they walked it out in, his, in, in Prime Minister Churchill's orders were that this sound was to be heard. How many of you men and women in the military hated to hear that at 5 o'clock in the morning? It means wake up. Prime Minister Churchill preached the gospel at his funeral with those two songs. Isn't it interesting, the Apostle Paul very seldom uses the word dead. Somebody's died, he uses the word asleep. Because what do you do after you fall asleep? In a world without Easter, death would not have lost its sting. In a world without Easter, death would be no answer to life's cruel injustices. Life can be cruel, friends. Things just don't make sense. That's why you get people asking all kinds of, if there's a God, why does that happen? If there's a God, why does that happen? It's not a bad question, to be honest with you. It's, it's, it's a worthy question to be, to be debated and to be asked if you're a thinking person. But with, in a world without Easter, there'd be no answer for the cruel injustices of life. The Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 in, in the chapter on the resurrection, he says, if I fought wild beasts in Ephesus with no more than human hopes, what would I have gained? He said, why did I go through all that problems? Why did I go through all the problems in my life if I had just mere human hopes? Why would I have gone through all that I've gone through? Shipwrecked, beaten, all of that stuff. He says, why would I have gone through all of that for mere human hopes? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul writes this. He says, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. There's some good news for you on Easter. We're wasting away, okay? (laughs) Though outwardly we are wasting away. Inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles. There's a sermon right there. Do you know what you're going through and what I'm going through right now in the light of eternity is light and momentary. I don't care what you're going through, friends, and I'm not making light of it. I'm not making, tri- I'm not making, I'm not making it flippant or trivial. But whatever you're going through and whatever I'm going through, in the light of eternity, according to the Apostle Paul, the man that opened up the whole Western world of Christianity, is light and momentary. I'm not, I'm not minimizing it. Well, you don't know what I'm going through. Yeah, I, I'm not minimizing it. I'm just telling you that the Apostle Paul says, in the light of eternity... It's light and momentary. 
And this light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not, eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, and what is unseen is eternal. For we know that if this earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built with human hands. Dr. Jerry Walls was my philosophy of religion professor at Asbury Seminary. Stood for 50 of us seminarians one morning for his lecture. Got in front of his uh, lectern and didn't say anything for about two minutes. And you could tell he was choked up. Eventually he got his composure and he says, if not for the resurrection, this life makes no sense at all. And what we found out later that day that his wife left him that morning. You tell me what I've got to say to, or what anyone has to say to the six people that were killed in Nashville, Tennessee two weeks ago. Makes no sense. Somebody coming in and, and firing 152 shots in that school, killing six people. What sense does that make? Is there a God in heaven? These light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen but is unseen. For what is seen is temporal and what is unseen is eternal. Those, those six families that lost loved ones in Nashville, Tennessee will always have a hole in their heart. Always. But if those folks that have died were, were Christians. I know some of them were really young kids. Some of them were, they were Christians. They have hope that they'll see him another day. And without Easter, you have no answer to life's cruel injustices. And there are many Christian friends. Let's, go, let's just go ahead and admit it. I'm, I'm done after I tell you that in a world without Easter, there would be no power of the resurrection. Once we're born again, we have new life. If you don't understand that, you've never been born again. You've never repented of your sins and been born again. You have new life. All things have passed away, the Bible says. All things have become new. We have new we have, we've experienced a new birth through a living hope, Peter writes to us and you know what the apostle paul says the same power jeremy camp wrote a song about this several years ago you know one of the problems we have with contemporary christian music is there's so much music being written we lose a lot of good songs that were just written a few years ago and we don't sing them. jeremy camp wrote, wrote a song called same power the same power that raised jesus from the dead lives in us jeremy wrote and that's what the apostle paul says that's what Apostle Paul says, Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, verse 11. He says, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. <laughs> that convicted me this week. That convicted me this week. Complaining and 
moaning and groaning. And Paul reminded me that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. That doesn't, that doesn't allow me to just go around and say hallelujah to all the life's injustices, but it allows me to deal with them. I may not ever understand them, but I have the power to be able to deal with them. Paul writes the same exact thing in Ephesians chapter 1. Same exact thing Paul writes. He says, I pray, listen, he prays for you here. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. And listen, and his incomparable, comparably great power for us as believe. That power is the same mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. I know. I'm not making fun of you. I'm guilty of it too. Same power, third day power, Easter power to deal with whatever you have to deal with. To deal with whatever you have to deal with. Paul's just said it this way in Philippians chapter 3. He says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. So I just came this morning. You know, I've preached this is my 27th Easter. You preach about the same thing every Easter. You know, you put a little different slant on it. I just came to tell you that this whole thing, the cornerstone of this whole thing, is the resurrection of Christ. And if you're not a believer here today, and have never, and, and you doubt the resurrection, Hey, I'm okay with you. I really am. But I don't think you're intellectually honest if you don't make a study of it. Because it's changed the world. It's changed the world. I'll say it again. What in the world could have made first century pious Jews change their worship day from the fourth commandment, the Sabbath day, to the Lord's day? I, under, I can understand doubters. I absolutely can. I have no problem understanding doubters. But I don't understand someone that says, well, I don't believe the Bible. What part of the Bible do you don't believe? Well, I don't know. I've never read of it. But you're not an atheist. You're a moron. You're not intellectually honest enough to see if this is right. Now, once you've done a study of this and you've investigated, if you come out on the negative end, then at least I would think you're intellectually honest. So where are you this morning? If you're a believer this morning, I hope you've been reaffirmed in your faith. You've been reaffirmed. And I, maybe uh, since I've hit it really hard, you, you understand that this whole thing is about Easter. The whole thing is about Easter. If you're an unbeliever today, would, would you take it serious enough to start? There's so many books. There's so many books about it. And read them from both sides. 
But you know what we have in the United States? We have a lot of nominal Christians who believe in the resurrection from the dead, but it doesn't show up in their life anywhere. How can that be that this event, the power that's with this event, does not change, change my life? That's why it's called being born again. It's such a difference. It's like being born again. Would you stand with me, please? Father, I've done the best I can do, hopefully empowered by your spirit, to preach the gospel this morning, preach the truth of your resurrection. And I pray this morning that you'll do what only you can do and help these words take root in people's hearts. I don't have the ability to make that happen. I can't preach well enough to make that happen. But by a miracle of your spirit, you can do that. After all, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead can be working in us. Lord, save us from hearing this message and walking out and going to Easter dinner or lunch and just not considering it. Well, that was a pretty good message. Lord, save us from that. May we be intellectually honest enough to deal with the greatest event, the event that has made the biggest impact in the history of the world. And we pray these things in the name of the risen Christ. Amen and amen. Love you all enough to tell you the truth. Hope to see you next week.